Hey, thanks for tuning into the While You Walk podcast. This is the podcast you listen to while you walk. This is Matt Lovett reminding you that life is short. What can you do today to move your life forward? There might be some ideas in this podcast. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Why You Walk podcast it. with Matt Lovett. I'm with I'm here with Chet Harani. He is a performance coach in the UK, not your ordinary coach online. And um, today we're going to be just sharing coaching tips, talking about coaching. And um, so this is also going to go on his podcast. So here's his intro. And Chet, thanks for coming. Let's go. Awesome, Matt. Thank you for that. So today we are going to be speaking to Matt Lovett, who is also a performance coach. And today we're going to be speaking about how coaching has improved our lives since starting, what are great things about it, and our overall success stories. So I'm super excited to have you here, Matt, and also for me to be on your stage as well. This is a great thing. And yeah, let's do this. Let's kick this off, shall we? Sure. Um, I, I think every time I start something new, like I remember when I started doing yoga, when I started maybe personal training or when I started these other things in my life, I became very fascinated with like the background of how does someone get into this yoga teaching, you know, thing. And they always had a similar story. And, you know, it was the same thing with other parts of my life. So I like to dig into like how you became a coach, why you became a coach. Some people feel called to do it. What, what's your quick story? So my quick story, I'm an open book, right? So I will be basically, I can, I think I can probably write a book. That's how I feel sometimes. And it has been, uh, that I had, the thought has come across as well for me to write this down. And I did sort of document this at one point, um, but I seem to have lost it or misplaced it, which is, this is unlike me completely. So how did I become a coach? So I, this, I only actually realized this probably, I'd say two months ago, that I've always wanted to be a coach but I just did not know what type of coach. So when I was at university, I did the whole studying a degree, I did a master's, but while I was there, I, re I vividly I re remember this. I was sitting at, at a desk in the um, in, at university and I just thought to myself, you know, I like helping people. That's all I said to myself, okay? And I said, what do people do to help others? So then I did these searches, this was before Google, I'm not sharing my age, this was before Google, um, but I typed in, how do you help people? And coach actually came up. I think this was the day of Yahoo and um, these other ones as well, but, and coaching came up and I was like, wow. So I started reading about these, reading about coaching techniques and how coaching works. And then it really fascinated and interested me there, but then I just didn't pursue it. And as I, and I thought, right, the reason why I'm not going to pursue it is because I'm studying. I want to actually, I'm here at university. I want to get my degree. I want to get my master's. I want to get and go out in a big wide world and work in a corporate world and earn lots of money. That was all in my head. Okay. And make something of myself there. But then as I was working, as I was building myself up into the corporate ladder, I found myself that I was actually mentoring people while I was there. And these were people who were, um, higher up than me in leadership and execs who were speaking together. And while I was doing that, I then also discovered that I was, I'm also a martial arts instructor as well. Mm. So I had my own class and I was teaching, teaching people, um, children from the ages of seven to adults to like 60 years old and seeing a transformation within them, 
So them coming into the class, not knowing anything about this martial arts technique that I'm teaching them, but it wasn't just teaching about movements. It was actually showing them about how they can actually become a better version of themselves and also how the, the level that they never have ever thought that they could actually reach, especially as an adult, of where they can actually get to. And then when you've got these kids here, you've got kids who are who are like, they haven't got a clue. When they're coming to a martial arts class or anything, they're seeing this guy in the front sh shouting out all of these sort of instructions. And I was a pretty hard nut there. So it was like, I, I, I wouldn't take any sort of, any, any silliness. I was like, okay. straight up, you know, this is a disciplined, um, this is a dip disciplined art, but I want to show you because I want to get the best out of you and you can establish the whole spirit from within yourself too. And just seeing them sort of grow, yeah, just seeing from age of seven to seeing them become teenagers, but they're still coming weekly to my class. And you're seeing them become this great human being and the changes within them. That is when I realized, I thought to myself, well, look, I'm doing it here. And but then I also thought, what what could I actually bring? What experience could I bring? And I went through a lot of life struggles as well myself. Um, I suffered from anxiety and depression personally. I went through a divorce. I remarried. I got ill. I was told at one point I had cancer, which I didn't have, but I had tuberculosis. So, and while I had tuberculosis, I was ill, but I was still showing up. I was still going to work every day i was still teaching that class every second because i was helping them and that was my motivation to keep going and throughout the whole, whole time then i thought you know what coaching this is what I, this is what i am this is what i'm good at doing and this is the transformations i can bring to people so that's what sort of led me to that in a short story i did go on for a bit but that i can go on longer but in in, in a nutshell <laughs> Well, you know, you actually, you said three things that um, I think we have in common. And that is, you know, you kind of are already just coaching. When you talk to people, you already just, that's kind of who you are and what you do. You said back in college, yeah, like you were just doing it. And I've just always had these conversations to a point where like, I had mm -hmm. to learn how not to, you know, to get permission to have these conversations without asking people about their lives, you know, too much and, and just being invasive. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you said you're watching these kids grow and change. Yeah. And to uh -huh. you, that's just like so exciting and like so amazing. And I've always thought, yeah. how does no one else think this is so incredible? Because I'd watch my body yeah. change and I'm like a physical guy. And when I was young, I would, yeah. to me, it blew my mind that no one else found this so fascinating. So I think it's being fascinated with transformation and the fact that we could control it and do it and, you know, just get it done. It's just amazing that we can have that influence on it. And then I've also had this experience too, where like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got physically sick, really sick at one point in my life. And as I was there, I was also training people during that. And um, it's interesting how those, those are three things that really were similar. And um, the thing that really launched me into the coaching was, I'll, I'll make this as short a story as possible, was um, I met with uh, an Ayurvedic <coughs> doctor and she told me, to, Matt, you have to talk to this Vedic astrologer who was almost like a clairvoyant psychic, which, you know, red flags go up. You know, this is crazy. Right. Well, yeah. I talked yeah, to her yeah. and you know, it was a very practical, very logical conversation, you know, and she seemed to know some things that were, you know, pretty interesting that she would be that intuitive. And she says, Matt, you, you should do some kind of life coaching and some kind of mo motivational speaking. 
and I had been looking to get into something else to just grow in some kind of way. And you know, it, it, it took someone from the outside giving me permission and telling me it's yes. okay for you to be that guy and do that. And I was like, you know what? I mean, like, I think I started telling my, my friends and they're like, yeah, dude, like that's a pretty good idea for you. Yeah, you should probably do that. Like, damn, <laughs> I, I need to like, and then, you know, just the fact that it's fun and I love doing it, like, all right, I gotta go full throttle on this. Yes, yes, that is exactly it. And you just hit, hit the nail on the head there as well. It is, it is almost asking, not asking, it's almost seeking full permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because I remember um, like, Becoming a full-time coach now only happened to me when I had lost my, when I was made redundant during this pandemic. I was still coaching people previously to that. I, I still had clients. I was earning a little bit of income from it. But as soon as I was made redundant, it was almost like a calling for me. And someone had just given me the permission to actually do what I actually love doing. And it was only my wife. She basically also reminded me too and said, this is the time. This is the time for you to do what you've always been going on about, doing her head in to say, why are people not doing this? Why I can do this? I'm confident enough to do this. And she's like, well, this is the time. Now shut up and go and do it. Nice. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. So I, and that's what led me to where I am at the moment. And you know what? Likewise, I loved your story because you do need, it's, you, it's interesting when you find it and you dig deep about what's actually driven you to where you are at this point in time, right? Because things can evolve, things can change. But then going back to actually seeing how you got to where you are, got, how you are where you are at this point in time, to then also then visualize of where are you going to go later on as well. So it really does help, such a nice way. Well, and that's one of the most fun parts about coaching is having that conversation with the clients, you know, where are they go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's, let's dig into some juicy stuff here. I, I got a couple yeah. of questions I could ask you. Um, all right, so you've been coaching a while. You've had some successes. You've had some pretty, um, you know, successful people on your podcast already from what I've seen. Um, working with these people and developing, you know, your whole life as a coach in some way, um, how do you think you've like improved the most or what's one thing that just jumps out when I ask that question? So one, th- honestly speaking, one thing that would jump out when you just ask that question is, and it's, this, sound, this probably sounds really strange, right? But when I see my clients and I see a smile on their face, I see that grow, that I see their growth as well. And by seeing that, I'm now always constantly thinking, what's next for them? What is next for them? <laughs> okay. And that's, I always, I'm always thinking that way because for me, it's, and for everyone, I mean, this is a coaching thing. You are forever learning. Okay. You, the, perfectionism, there is no such thing as perfectionism. You need to, you need progression. You progress, you become better, but you can always become better. And that's like you, you and I as coaches, we will make sure we are getting the best out of other, for somebody else, right? Yeah. And seeing a smile on their face or them even just acknowledging a change that they've like, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a couple of clients who have, who have made a drastic change within themselves and they've not realized it. And it's a case of me saying, well, do you remember you spoke about X? Now look where you are now at Y. Mm. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, right. And it's almost and then that smile 
is something that you will always never forget. Strange looking smile, which I'm not agreeing to. I'll be like, hold on a minute, what's going on here? Right? <laughs> let's change that. And let's, let's figure that solution out. Let's figure that problem out now. Let's do, what can we do to figure and solve that struggle you've got at this point in time? And as soon as we've done that, the smile's there. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, it's always great to see just any emotion come out of them when you're having these coaching conversations. I always, yeah. that to me, that's like, okay, take a note on this. Write down in quotes what they just said, because this is maybe going to be a pain or a pleasure point later that they need to be reminded of. And uh, uh -huh. that's what I do. I, I always mm -hmm. document it. Um, I guess, so this. this yeah, no, absolutely. What's been. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, what's, I was going to just ask you a similar question. What's been your sort of, what's, how's, how's, what's been one of those for, things for you? Um, as far as how I've, how, how I've improved, um, you know, I think for years I was really scattered with kind of playing with a lot of different tools and never quite having a firm framework. And then doing the uh, Performance Coach University with, with you know, mm -hmm. Jarek Robbins, it put it all into a, a framework that kind of yeah. brought it all together. And um, I, I just got to see, you know, my take on it, my angle on it, and just really seeing that, you know, there's these three pieces that I think people are drawn to at first. I think there's some deeper stuff later, but at first, just getting motivated, getting organized, and having a system of accountability was where like, okay, that's my personal triad of things to look at at first. And I'm dealing with men who come at it from a very logical perspective. So maybe mm -hmm. that's how I get them in. And then maybe we'll get into, you know, why they're doing it and what's deeper going on and what these needs are deeper. But, um, you know, putting it into a framework that makes sense, that I can see the big picture and have some kind of thing to move forward. So that's probably the, the latest update I've made, I would say. Yeah, that's, 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 that's very important as well, though, because you do need to put something into perspective, like you said, a framework for yourself, for then you as an individual, as a coach, to visualize and see what sort of change you can actually make and the impact you can make. So, I mean, you got it's, it's one of those things where you can't just go up to somebody and say, hey, I'm going to just change your life for you, right? <laughs> you need to understand how you're going to do that too, right? Before they even say anything and why you're doing it as well is another important thing because we always ask the clients of how and what's, why's, when's, etc. But we need to ask that question ourselves too because we fundamentally are the ones who are going to support, guide people through where they actually need to get to. And isn't that, I think, the biggest misconception with, with coaching is that I'm better than you. I'm, I've mastered life and now I've got this dogmatic program and you're my disciple. I'm going to teach you when it's in actuality. It's look, I'm standing next to you, you know, noticing as much as I can, giving you feedback you know, showing you what might be ahead. Like I'm in a helicopter and you're going down a whitewater rapid. And, you know, <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm looking at all this, this data. I'm, I'm, I'm supporting you. I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not leading quite. I'm, I'm just there next to you, supporting the hell out of you in every way possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, let me ask you this. How do you personally stay motivated when you get, I guess, unmotivated or beat down, you know, whatever happens, how do you stay motivated? What do you do personally? Yeah, it's an interesting, that's a good question because first and foremost, my motivation starts with that. I always say to myself that I want to help at least one person a day. 
Yeah, And I say at least one person because I will never single it out as I want to help 10 or 15 people a day. Because if I've made one contribution, it doesn't matter how it is, whether it's through coaching, whether it's through a phone call that I've spoken to somebody who I haven't spoken to for a long time, or whether it's someone on the street where I've actually just said good morning, good afternoon or whatever, or giving them a smile. That's helping one person in my eyes. And then I can then move forward and then now figure out, right, from my own coaching perspective, how have I helped someone? So that's why I say more than one person. So in that day, it could be as many people as I possibly can manage. So I never will sort of limit myself to a particular number. But however, getting myself into the the motivation of a peak state of mind is, and I've had this situation before where I was in a, a podcast recording a few months ago. And just before I was about to um, get in to have this recording, I was already in that state of mind, right? Getting ready, buzzed. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna crush this um, show. And then I all of a sudden I turn my head to the other screen and I see an email that's come through. And the email that came through wasn't the greatest email. It was, it was someone like something that was going on in the house, right? I'd emailed some company and they'd come back and they'd basically said, no, they cannot do this. And obviously for me, I was thought, nope, you are going to do this because we've paid for something um, and I need this fixed. And that, and it, we're in within our sort of warranty periods, etc. But I see the email and I straight away, I just went into a bit of a, I just went, it's like, I don't need to hear this or read this right now. Okay. And then I realized to myself, I said, hold on a minute. You're just about to record on a podcast show at the moment. You cannot show that emotion. You cannot be doing anything. You need to be on your game. And immediately I said, rather than replying, I stopped, closed it all down. I said, I'm going to come back to that when I'm at a better state. Because my focus isn't there. My focus is here at the moment. So I'm not going to let anything cloud me over that. So over time, I've learned that to sort of make sure that you're, you're focusing on what's important at that right point at that particular time mm. to get the best. You want to achieve the best there because you, that's the best. The only time you're going to achieve when someone said, I've done my best, it's what you, when you've done your best at that point in time. So this podcast recording, for example, right? I'm motivated. I'm pumped to do this podcast with you. Right, And this is my best at this point in time. Okay. But I know that tomorrow or the other time I'm probably thinking, oh, maybe I could have done this. Maybe I could have done that. It doesn't matter. You've done it. And that's what motivates me because you're always going to keep doing better as well. So hopefully that answered your question there, Matt. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know what? There's a book, uh, The Four Agreements. And one of the four agreements is always do your best. And it kind of says some of the things that you said. I mean, have, have, have you ever read that book? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But it's on my list. I've got a long list of books to go through. So I've moved, just moved to Audibles now because I'm finding that more easier now for some reason while I'm in the car and everything. And then, um, but I still like the whole reading of a book. I still love that whole sort of feeling of it. But now um, I will get to that eventually. You know, that book I, re- I was listening to in the car, actually, and it mm-hmm. got so deep and so heavy. Like I had to turn it off or, or pull the car over because, like, it almost felt like a psychedelic experience. It was so deep and strong. And yeah. Wow. Really quick, so I'll let you get to that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I did the same thing today because I was like, all right, I got the podcast. I want to make sure I'm clear headed. I'm positive. I feel good. I'm authentic. I'm present, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I just went and sat in the sauna for an hour and just sweat yeah. out. And you know, and I find that's one of the things that just gets me into that state. And I really go for the physiology. Um, but I yeah. really like your point about 
doing one thing to help one per, at least one person, maybe more than one person every day, just to get a very deep psychological win. I mean, that's yeah. touching mm -hmm. a, a spot in your heart that is just going to make you feel you're going to sleep well every night that you do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to your point, what you just said is something because I do a lot of work on sort of productivity and how people sort of and, and like you've got the productivity side of things, you've got the overwhelm factors, the, the burnout side of things. But you just you just mentioned something and, we're, and it relates to the whole peak state of mind, what we're just talking about, and how you motivate people. Right. You said you went to a sauna to get yourself in that right state. And. It's the smallest things, okay, that you can do for yourself to make you feel better and that will just give you that switch. And there's times where people have felt completely sort of stressed out and they're like, it's too much going on. I don't have time for this. I just can't physically find the time for this. I was like, well, one minute, hold back, right? We've all got the same amount of time in the day, right? There's only 24 hours in the day. Let's figure this one out. And then I just said to them, I was like, right, have you ever sat on your own, on the settee, just watching some sort of TV and do nothing, okay? And they were like, no. I said, well, go and practice that, try it, okay? And they were like, why? I went, well, do it for at least 30 minutes or so. I don't have 30 minutes. I said, I'm telling you to do it for 30 minutes because I'm saying book that 30 minutes into your calendar like it's a the most important meeting that you cannot say no to and you have to attend. Okay? You've already got it in your mind there that you have to attend this meeting. Even if it means you're just sitting there for 30 minutes, because what are you doing? That's productivity. You are being productive within yourself because you're going to come back. You're going to be in a better state of mind. You can, even if you're watching some, I don't know, whatever show on TV, but you're still thinking about things. And I've, I do it all the time. I'll be there watching something that doesn't mean nothing to me when I'm watching it, but I'm still thinking about ways of improving myself. That's productivity because you wouldn't do that by just sitting in front of a screen sometimes, right? And you'd be focused on your work that you're doing. You're not being productive because then you end up procrastinating by doing other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that it's, it's interesting when you said going to the sauna because people say, some people have said they just take a bath. Yeah. And that helps them. And that does. It's a relax. You need to be in a relaxed state of mind to get to yourself back to your optimum levels. Yeah. I like, I like uh, you know, the name of the podcast that I do is While You Walk. And, yeah. And I've had a lot of these guys who are, you know, they've got young kids at home. Their careers are taking off. Their parents are getting older. Things are getting busy. You know, the, it's chaos 24-7. These guys wake up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, no cell phone. Go for a walk outside where it's quiet, mm. just to get a Shit. moment of peace. And uh, mm -hmm. a, a couple guys have really liked, uh, have, have have really enjoyed doing that. It is, it is very much yeah, mindfulness, such an important thing there. Going out for a walk, and yeah, no cell phones, nothing. Just go out and just appreciate everything that's around you. It's almost like the saying when you say, "Go out and smell the roses." <laughs> you physically have to go out and smell the roses. If you get someone <laughs> to do that, you've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching gears here. Um, let me ask you this. So when I say, what do you do to keep yourself organized, you know, from a micro level to a macro level, what jumps out in your head? First thing, micro level organization. I'm a clean freak. I'm a neat freak. <laughs> yeah, my Everyone knows it. My family and my friends, they know that. If something's, if they've, if they've basically gone back and cleaned something, I'll go back and clean it again. 
because I'm not, because I physically am not satisfied with it. Okay, they say that to me. And one of my friends, he just basically, literally just, he comes to my home and he may throw a pillow on the floor just to annoy me because he knows that I would not be able to stand it. Because he'll be like, wait a few minutes. He'll be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Check's going to get up and pick that pillow and put it back. And he knows I'm going to do it. <laughs> and he does that sort of stuff, right? So from, and people may think that's a macro level, but for me, that's micro, okay? But where the first thing that I do, when I come and sit in my office, I make sure my desk is tidy. I clean it and I make sure that I clean it the night before. Okay, just put everything back in order because I know that I'm going to come back into a desk where it's nice and orderly and I can just go and crush the rest of the day and plan everything out. Because why do I want to waste time cleaning something in the morning and then I know that I, my productivity levels are just going to be, they're not going to be that great for me. And that's for me personally, mm. yeah. But from a, from a macro perspective, how I actually manage things and manage time for myself, I do a lot of work. And we've learned this as well. It's chunking time. Yeah, I, I do a lot of that. So in the morning, for example, I have an um, I have an 8 a.m. to a 10 a.m. block every morning in my calendar, Monday to Friday. And in that time, and all I've written is my time. That's it. Okay. And I can do absolutely whatever I want between 8 a.m. and 10, 10 a.m. I can sleep in if I want to. Right. I... Most of the time I don't because I wake up straight away and do a workout because that's me. So I get that done in that time. Um, I will either listen to a podcast. I'll do some personal development. That's all my time. That's me in that, in that space, in that wow. zone. And then I will sit down at 10 a.m. at my desk. I come into the office and I'll sit there. I won't come into my office before 10 a.m. My time is anywhere but my office. I'll be outside, I'll be upstairs in the bedroom, I'll be in the lounge, wherever, in the garden, wherever. That's my time. I make sure I stick to that. I do not move that time at all. But then I've got other times in the day as well where I'll chunk different times where I know, for example, that I can move them around. So we, how we call them floating times, right? Yeah. Um, but with that, my, and then I realized I actually had to review it and keep changing it as well. So I realized that, hold on a minute, I'm actually not utilizing my time as, as well as I should be doing because I keep moving things around and nothing's really working or working out for me. So I then decided that from, from my business, I'm going to use Tuesday and Thursdays as a coaching day. So that's what I call them. I call them coaching days. I'll speak to clients on a Tuesday and a Thursday with the odd exception on the weekends with time zones um, for clients but that's that's specific on a Monday to Friday and then I have other days where like on a Monday I would basically call it my project day for example so I will do everything which new projects that I'm working on and I name them I theme all my days and then within that time I will make sure the times that I've chunked within the, are all down to that particular theme and the day I call it I wouldn't do it any other day if I feel that something has happened from a life-changing perspective personally, I may have to meet, meet, move things around and adjust them because I'm not saying I'm completely structured in that way. I'm still giving myself that flexibility that I can move them, but I need to have a reason why I'm moving them. So that's how, that's how I basically am, and I'm very much time management orientated. Well, you know, I, I want to highlight a couple of things there for everybody that's listening. Number one, you know, it's two hours every morning seems like I don't have two hours every morning. Are you crazy? Yeah, I'm so exactly. Busy. I can't do that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it might seem like that's what you need to, to like. That might seem like a lot. But when you do it, 
and you get the energy and the clarity yeah. and you make that a priority. Um, one big sacrifice I made is I've got a private personal training studio where a lot of people would like to come in at 4.45 to 5.45 and work out. That's prime time time slot and I can make five days a week. I right. can really make money at that time slot. I changed that time slot to that is my workout time and I have my friends mm. come in and, and work out with me. But I said I'm not going to have revenue producing activities at that time. That's my workout time. Yeah. And now my workouts are on automatic. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. And then uh, something else that you said, you know, you're just describing how you're so in tune with the time management and the schedule and a weekly, it's almost similar every week. You know, you've got the floating yeah. blocks and you've got mm -hmm. the guarantees, but people that just wake up and just go to the office and decide what today is going to be at the last minute versus you have such a peace of mind when you put everything mm. in the schedule and everything on paper and everything sequenced and you get that organized, it relaxes your brain. And I think people don't spend enough time doing that. And I think with at these higher levels, with these higher performers, I mean, they're all masters of their schedule. They all use their schedule for starters, but they- Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's true, I mean, a lot of people can probably argue um, and disagree to what, what I have just said, okay? That works for me. That's just a reminder, it works for me. You gotta do things that work for you. Because a lot of people will turn and say that they're most productive um, in the mornings or in the afternoons or the evenings. Everything that I have do, I do when I'm the most productive. Okay, I will do things when I'm least productive. So I'm more of an evening person and a morning person. So in the morning, I know that I can get X, Y, and Z done and it's going to be the best. During the day, I'm not at that great peak state of mind. Okay, and I'm going to be, I'm honest. I'm honest. I will probably do nothing because it's not going to be productive for me. Um, and it's not, going to, it's not going to produce any sort of revenue for my business. But then in the evening, that's when I'm at that back at my prime again. Wow. Yeah, so then I'm like, right, I'm going to do this. And then, then people say, I mean, sleep is such an important factor of productivity and getting getting things right for you. But then you sleep when it works for you and how it works for you, okay? Because sometimes some people who are working from home, like me, I'm fortunate enough to run my business from home. I can sleep during the day if I wanted to, if I wanted to, but I choose not to, Okay. Um, but then people are going into the office when they're going to start going into the office. They can probably argue in terms of what I've just said and said that, well, we can't structure our time. It's just like how you said as well, that we can't structure our times like you structured it. I said, but you still have meetings in your diaries. You still have, even if you've got an open, open slot in your diary, you can still fill that slot in with something that's going to be productive for you, for your work, rather than you're not doing something. Yeah. But then most importantly, when you're at work, you have time slot in your diary where you can actually put time in for you, okay? People who'd say, and a lot of people, I do hear it from my clients as well, to say they never get even have they never have even have time for a lunch break. I said, well, that's not you. That's not never having time for a lunch break. That's you choosing not to have time for a lunch break mm -hmm. because that lunch break's still there. That's not going anywhere. Everyone can have lunch during those times. Yeah, if you were to just block that hour or so in your diary. And the first thing you do is step out of the office, get out for yourself, have that mindfulness for yourself out there. So they can, everyone, everyone can do it. And it's like you said as well, I do it. You do it now in the, for, for your mornings. It's the habit. Okay. You got to practice it. 
keep practicing it, it'll turn into that habit. And that habit, you'll be doing things when you don't even realize it. It's like driving a manual car, right? Mm-hmm. Your muscle memory start doing the whole pedals. You'll just do that. Yeah. And and those 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 habits and those, <clears throat> those rhythms, they, they start to get less and less and less energy draining and more and more and more energy producing. So, you know, at first mm-hmm. exercise, at first meditation, at first, you know, anything. You know, it's hard at first, but then it, when you streamline it in, in your brain and the program just runs, now you can get focused and energetic all the time. But yeah. if you skip lunch, well, now you're going to make a mistake in the afternoon because you're hungry. And you're yeah, hungry yeah. You know, and so it's some and then there's other people who, you know, I, I, I'd say about I think about one third of people really like to float from thing to thing. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I beg them to dedicate so much time to getting organized and journaling for them is what I really like. And, you know, so plan out five hours a day of, I can do whatever I want, you know, fill that need for variety, but you have to have some pillars of something somewhere that keep you grounded and, you know, on track in some way. Yeah. And you, you, you also mentioned about writing it down. You've got to write it down. I cannot stress how important it is to get pen or pencil or whatever it is on paper. You have to do that, right? You, that's, that's, that's what's going to stick in, in your mind, okay? Not something which is on a digital platform or something. It needs to be written out. I have whiteboards all over the place where I just doodle and I write things down, yeah. okay? Because then I can look at them and I can see what's there. I have books all over the place, notepads here. And I can just write things down. I know where everything is because I'm organized in that way that I know. Yeah. But it's all there. And I'm always constantly going to remember this. That's how it is. It's whatever's on a screen or any notes doesn't work. Okay. It, it, it doesn't work for me personally. For some people, it could work. But then if you can't write something down, here's another top tip. Set reminders on your phone. Right. We all have a phone, right? Set reminders on it. Those reminders will be get you to where you want to get to, too. Yeah, what is, okay, so you've got you, you've got some clients. What are some systems of, all right, I have an idea. Let's say, all right, I want to ask Chet a question on a podcast next week. All right, so what I personally do is I shoot myself an email. And then at a period during the day, I go through my emails. And now I take all these notes and I've got one folder right here that says questions I wanted to ask Chet on the podcast. And when yeah. I see that email, I, I put it in there. Now we sit down today and I've got this list. So what is your process for documenting ideas or just information like that? So, yeah, that's great. So I, I automate a lot of my stuff in terms of aspects like, like you said, a podcast or any emails that come through. So if um, I have reminders set as well. So I have my the, every all my all my appointments are in a, a tool which I use called Calendly. It all gets synced into my CRM and I'll get regular sort of notifications coming from my CRM that I keep going to my go-to place is my CRM every morning I'll go there and see any tasks that are there for me okay otherwise things that like emails as well I will mark out any emails I um even like some of my clients as well they I think the structures and like approaches and practices that I've actually said to them as well a lot of them have said to me that they get tons of emails a day yeah they're super busy people right they must get a lot of things i said to them but how much of it is irrelevant okay and they said well we don't know until we read them i said so what does your inbox say for example they say it says 2000 i said are you crazy okay 2000 unread emails i mean i guarantee you out of those 2000 right maybe 
1,990 of them are irrelevant. Only the top 10 are the relevant ones. And I think, what do you mean? I said, it's true. Those 2,000 emails, how long ago were those 2,000 emails? Oh, maybe for about six months. I said, well, it's definitely not important, is it? Right, if you still got an unread email from six months ago, okay, right? And hmm. so, so why do you? So I don't want to get rid of them. I said, well, use an archiving system, okay? There's archiving systems there. Your emails don't disappear or go anywhere, okay? Have structures in place. Have and I and because I do it, I basically have not when I have notifications on my emails, I basically automate them where they go into particular folders. Okay? So it's all neatly put away, and I can reference these folders. And like I said, I have. My um, my days of project days, for example, I will know that I'll only go into the folder that's related to projects on that particular day. I won't look at anything else and anything that needs to be done. Everything is in that folder. So that's work they're done. My doodling, my notes everywhere. Yeah, I have different to-do lists on what I need to do in particular projects. But I know, and I get a satisfaction out of this, is that I have a, a, a mini whiteboard, right? I'll show you here. I have a mini whiteboard here, right? It has my list of things here. And every time I finish things off, I, I don't get anything else. I get my finger and I just swipe across. <laughs> and it's done, right? Okay. I don't have to ever look at that thing again. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I work. Nice. I love it, man. You know, it's nice to hear someone else's, you know, this meticulous about the way they organize. Their, their, their stuff. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, people will know people who, do, who know me know that I'm super organized and I, and I love getting other people organized. It's just it's part of the job. Well, if you've got someone who's got 2000 emails, who's got notifications going off like crazy on their phone, how do you go? I mean, now you're at this point where you already have 2000 emails. How do you get that down to zero? How do you hit the reset button when you got 2000 emails? I just tell him, you know, go to email bankruptcy. You need to close that down. <laughs> okay. Right. And literally I'll, I'll challenge anyone. Yeah. I'll keep them accountable. Right. To say, right. You need to send me a before and after picture because you need to get this done now. Because then that way that's not going to play on your mind. You're going to see that number 2000 there and that plays on your mind subconsciously. You don't realize it. Okay. That is there. It's like, oh my God. And it's the number's just going to go up. If it's at 2000, it, it doesn't sound like it's going backwards. Okay, yeah. I would take them, you know, I guess you, you, you could change their email address. I'm thinking like, look, I want you to sit down for an hour a day for the next 10 days and hit unsubscribe and delete and just, <laughs> yeah. just freaking just delete them all. Maybe, you know, spend yeah. an hour just deleting all of them, you know, but get that thing down to zero or, you know, to do something to change it. Yeah, we've got, definitely got to do something. I mean, I I get paranoid when my email, my inbox says that I have two or three unread emails because right? I need that. At the end of the day, I need it to be zero, okay? And I know that some of them are irrelevant, so I'll just delete them. It's like, no problem, I'll delete them because... It's not, it's going to be some sort of junk email, something somewhere around. You've got emails flying around everywhere, but then you, and like you said, we don't know what we subscribe to sometimes. We subscribe, we accidentally subscribe to things. Yeah. So it's, it's easy to press the unsubscribe because you'll never get that email again. Yeah. But I'm not saying don't unsubscribe to mine or Matt's emails. You need to still keep those coming to you because <laughs> they are valuable. Yeah, okay. Valuable. But make sure you read them so they don't stay unread. <laughs> Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to start sending emails very soon. Yeah. Um, all right. You, you mentioned accountability. 
who who or what or you know the systems of accountability that you have that you like that you've found effective with a lot of your clients mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what what comes to mind there so is it who who i've who, are you saying who i've well, um let's start with who, who or what holds you accountable to get those uh, big things done when you're hitting resistance points when you're trying to get through something yeah. tough how do you do that mm -hmm. So my my whole accountability side of things is is I mean I love this I, I love the word accountability one hundred percent okay I think it's just it's just it's, and the great thing is it begins with an A and it's at the top always right so that's how I see it and the way I stay accountable with things is one I, I this is me personally again. I need to be structured because if I can't achieve something in the day, I need some. I need to figure out what I can do to keep me accountable. I always think that way, but with my clients and with other people, my, the accountability for me and to keep them in check is that I get them to sort of check in with me. And some like to check in with me on a daily basis. Some like to check in with me on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. I'm up for that sort of stuff. They can just send me a simple SMS message just to tell me how the day's gone, and that's great. If I've not heard back from somebody who's consistently mess messaged me on a regular time, I'm like, uh oh, something's wrong here. Okay, my accountability checking kicks in, so I need to stay accountable to actually say, well, hold on a minute, I'm going to reverse this because you said you're going to be accountable to me, but I'm also holding you accountable because we're going to work. We've been working together on this one, so I do things like that with people a lot. Um, but then for myself. I always find that I can have different people who can hold me accountable mm. for different things, not just one person. Now, I always say to people, if you want to stay accountable, get yourself a coach because that person is going to keep you accountable. I say that hands out. And I say a coach also needs a coach because they need to keep you accountable. Yeah. Right. And a coach can have multiple coaches. That's there's nothing wrong with those sort of things. Right. So I, I hold myself accountable, but I, I have different people holding me accountable for various different things. If I need to work out, I need to check in with a group of people. Yeah, that's one bit. They don't know anything about my coaching practices or anything that I do. It's, the, it's workout related. I'm checking in. And then I will also see them as well checking in. If it's anything to do with my work, work-wise, um, I will basically, if I speak to somebody, I will straight away say, well, I'm going to ask you one thing. Do you mind holding me accountable for this? They'll be like, yeah. Wow, okay. I go, if you don't hear, if you don't hear from me on this side, feel free to just send me a message back or message me and just say, hey, where is this? Just like like the other yesterday, I was speaking to somebody and I need to write her uh, an article for her book. And she said to I said, look, give me, give me two weeks and I'll I'll get this done for you. And she said, That's fine, two weeks. And I said, but however, if you don't hear from me in two weeks, please. Hold me accountable and say where it is. Okay, I've written it down. I know I'm going to have to do this, but for any reason whatsoever, you, you don't see something in the time frame that we've agreed, please come back to me. So I will always ask other people to keep me accountable, no matter what it is. I will always do that. Um, I'm, you know, I'm the same way with social accountability. I, um, yeah. I, I had, I think, three years where me and these two other guys would sit down every single week and we would we we would have two goals for each of us, and and we would have metrics to to track them, and we would each put up a hundred dollars a week. And if you don't reach yeah. your goals, and it's it was an honor system, then you have to pay the other guys a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's not a massively significant amount of money, but it's 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 enough to just get it done and to keep you honest about things. And then you know I've got the workout partners, 
and then I've got a coach as well. And that mm-hmm. coach tracks metrics. And, you know, the, I, I think the best part about a coach is getting to see things that you don't see. That, oh, hey, wait, what yeah. about from this angle? You, you kind of glazed over that. You put that to the corner of your mind and didn't think about it. And, uh, you know, and they're going to give you an, another. And sometimes they're just throwing mud at a wall and, and seeing if it sticks. And, and, and sometimes you're like, oh, shit. That was really good today. And that, you know, and those small shifts can really change some trajectories and really help some things. It's true. It's, I always call, I always call, call coach external allies, right? Mm. So they, they it's, it's almost like, and you're right. Seeing things that you don't seem to see is what the reasons why people are there and holding other and keeping yourself accountable and checked in. It is such a, I mean, accountability is everywhere. Okay. Everyone's holding somebody accountable for something. I mean, if you need to go to work, if you need to go into the office for 9 a.m., you're being held accountable to go to go to the office for 9 a.m., right? If you need to leave at a certain time, you're held accountable to go. You've always got appointments. That's always there. Everywhere you think around things, accountability is there. But when it comes to for yourself, for, for, for your personal self, okay, that's where sometimes people can struggle. Okay, it's like, I don't have time for this, but hold on, you do, because I'm going to keep you accountable to just get this done. And then let me know what you feel like once you've completed it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, come back to me then. And that's a great feeling. Yeah. And we congratulate the hell out of them when they do it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Celebrate everything. It doesn't matter how small it is. So when you look at your day and, um, you know, where your energy comes from, we talked about motivation. We talked about your two hours are there any, I mean, what are your, what are your favorite power habits? You know, we talked about how once you get into things, they, um, they get easier. What are some things that you've developed? Maybe your clients have developed your favorite go-to power habits. My favorite power habits at the moment. Okay. And I'm going to go back to sort of notifications because I do something on this as well, where I have sort of clarity statements and I have reminders on my phone. I have an alarm that goes off four times a day. Okay, and it has my it has my values, three words in there. It has just my values of what I believe in, okay, which is clarity, inspire, and love. Okay, those are the things that mean so much to me, okay, that it goes off four times a day. Every day it goes off and the alarm will go off. My family at home even know. As soon as the alarm goes off, it's like, check, your alarm's gone off sort of thing. And they know exactly what it is. And the reasons why I do those sort of things is because if I'm having a crappy moment, and that alarm goes off, that gets me back straight to where I am because it just reminds me of those words, okay? And it's just like affirmations, right? People do affirmations. This is a similar kind of thing, which is reminding me, but I've chosen three words at this particular moment of my time in my life that means something to me, and I want constant reminder of that. And that's that's pretty much all I do to get me to that state. Wow. I like that. That's, that's keeping you checked in around the clock. Yeah. Hmm. I um I look at at the like where people are are, are kind of weak. So if yeah. you got if I've got a person who is who's like me, who's just kind of amped up and too aggressive and like I'll take on projects and I'll be 10 miles down the road and realize <laughs> I, why am I doing this? You know, why do they get my real estate <laughs> license? Um you know, I don't I don't I don't I don't want to do this. So for me, in this aggressive type of person, 
you know, I need to relax. I need to lay down and meditate. I need to get a massage. I need to, you know, soak in some magnesium. I need to do something to chill me out. But then if I've got a client who, um, you know, is more of a couch potato lazy type when they're off, that, that need you know to, to get pumped up. I mean, those guys, they gotta exercise. Those guys, they can do some, some intermittent fasting or just anything to get the fire lit under their ass and get them moving. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and I've got this other type that they seem to be, you know, optimistic and, and high energy, but they're, they're everywhere and they've got tons mm. of ideas. And for them, it's like the power habit I think is They've got to stay organized. They should probably journal. They should meditate. Tracking certain metrics or having someone in their life who is extremely organized and tracks metrics is the power habit for them. So I look at people and, you know, where they're weak and obviously what specifically they're asking for help with. And um, that's what I dig into. And, um, you know, and there's always the fundamentals. Like, you got to just eat well. You got to move your body. You got to do something to calm and relax your mind. I just see what jumps out. Yeah, so true. It is, it is, I mean, it's in that sort of thing, what you were just saying, it is about the whole, your overall well-being as well, because that does get, get things right there, which is the foundation. Okay. And then that's the foundation to lead you to a lot of things, whether it's from a physical perspective within yourself but to just get things right on that point, like you said, your intake of food, sometimes even sleep, we mentioned earlier on, a lot of things like that. Get those things in check that work for you, and then you can start building. It's like, take the first step, right? Why take the leap, right? Everyone wants to. I mean, look, how many times do people would work out and go and work out, and then they automatically expect that they've done the workout and they look like, wow, they've shredded so many pounds within that first workout. No, it does not work that way. Yeah, you've got to take the first step, okay? You started it. It's a progression. And when you said about keeping metrics and keeping people in check, that whole accountability phase comes in. And it's such an important thing, okay? Because it's nice It's nice to see a record of your metrics to see how you've improved rather than just having it in your head and being sort of like, oh, it's there. It's nice to see that graph just increasing and going up rather than seeing that sort of decline, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you see the metrics go up and you can correlate. Like one thing I track is, um, I'm, I'm tracking myself right now, is total minutes I've meditated per week. So I just add up all the total minutes of meditation per week. And mm-hmm. I'm starting to correlate, okay, I meditated 70 minutes this 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 week and how did it go mentally? You know, how worth it? You know what? They were actually pretty good. All right, this following week, you know, rough week, real busy, something happened. Um, I'm down to 40 minutes. And, you know, what's my state of mind now? I'm like, wow. So as long as I get over this number, you start to get familiar with what's the dosage mm-hmm. maybe. Or, you know, how much did I walk? How many steps did I take? Or how many hours did I sleep? And you start to notice when this number's not where it needs to be, something's either really on or it's really off. And you start to correlate these metrics with the way you feel. And then when you make these connections, you start to figure out what your specific power habits are. Yeah, so true. It is. And that's important because that is discovering, discovery within yourself. And that's another thing that we don't do, we don't, we take for granted a lot of the times is like finding out what, what you're good at, finding out what works for you rather than just sticking to the same, same routine, right? Because that routine 
can change and the dynamic of that can just completely elevate you to another level completely which you're going to be far more satisfied with but you just don't realize it but then the answer is still there yeah that's awesome um so i guess we, we could really talk all day uh yeah, we can we, we can absolutely <laughs> talk about these things all day definitely <laughs> um, what, so when i ask which um you know which which books or which authors or uh, thought leaders have really inspired you grabbed you at the right time motivated you what comes to mind who 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 really did you connect with and say okay i really like that book i really like that piece yeah so one of the one book that i always go to okay it's by darren hardy it's called the compound effect okay. um and if nobody's read that book you, sh you should read that book i recommend that and the idea of the compound effect is pretty much what it says and what it says in the tin, right? And the, the, one of the, everything has an effect, okay? And there's a reason why that has an effect. So you can always figure out why, okay? For example, I'll give you an explanation. Now, the one day um, I woke up late and I, was, I needed to rush to the station. I knew I was gonna miss my train. I knew I was going to miss my train, but the only way I could avoid missing my train is to wake up my wife and take me to the station. And I would have made the time to get, get my train. But I don't know what's going to happen during that time. Yeah. And so she wakes up, she takes me to the station. Bearing in mind, we just bought a brand new car as well at that point in time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now she wakes up, takes me to the station. I'm going to make it, no problems. But then as soon as she's just driving in and just she's about to sort of just park up into a space she curbs the she curbs the wheel okay it's a brand new alloy i'm thinking ah right i go Whoa, what what just happened there okay i couldn't get angry at that situation because i was to blame mm. right i woke up late mm. had i woken up early that wouldn't have happened yeah. yeah yeah okay so i could not say oh my gosh you just scuffed my wheels because it's not your fault it's my fault. I'm to blame for this. I'm going to take. I'm going to take that full responsibility for this. She was like, "Aren't you annoyed?" I said, "No, I cannot be annoyed with the situation because it's not your fault. I'm entirely to blame. Yeah. I should have woken up. I should have um, got it myself out. I, or I should have just run to the station. I could have done that, okay, to avoid this whole circumstance. So that's one of the elements of what, what the compound effect teaches you as well: how to sort of do things and that you think about and put things into perspective for yourself and how everything does have an effect, hence the word compound effect as well. That's a small thing. And the only reason why I could actually give that as an example, because it happened to me and realizing now of how to avoid it, because a lot of things we can avoid by if we just do things the right way sometimes as well. Yeah. Well, but <clears throat> I like that because, you know, if, if, if you don't start your morning off right, if you don't wake up on time, this is going to yeah. go wrong. That's going to go wrong. You're in a bad mood. I mean, that can compound into damaging a whole relationship, and then that can compound Technically, yeah. damaging your whole business. That could compound into your reputation and your and your referrals. I mean, things can really compound with one mistake. Yeah. So what's the? I guess you have to correct it in your mind. You have to say, all right, I'm going to move forward as if, you know, I did wake up on time. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, if my alarm's going off at 7 a.m. in the morning for me to get up, for example, I've got to move that alarm to maybe 6.45. I need to do something. I need to get myself, make sure that I'm never going to be in that situation again, okay? because I don't know what else is going to happen. 
So I will always sort of rectify myself in that point. Okay. Um, there, there are so many things in those. So, I mean, you can't, you can, you can't do things which are out of your control. For example, like for my, in that situation, in that scenario, if the train was delayed, yeah, that'd be in my favor. The train was delayed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Everything would have worked out. Well, maybe, but it wasn't. I missed it. Maybe, I had to wait. <laughs> maybe somebody was on standby, and since you didn't show up, they got to get on the train. Is that too? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I actually helped somebody in that sense too. So I helped one person at least in the day. <laughs> but we just never know, right? But you always got to do things for yourself in that to figure out how can you improve it for yourself. And that's what I just keep sort of learning. And, and that's another thing when we're talking about sort of doing the whole times of when I have my own time, I know that I can do whatever I want in that specific time in the morning because I've blocked it out for myself. So nothing can go wrong for me because I know it's going to happen and uh, whatever I can do there, nothing will happen for me in that in that time as far as I'm aware at the moment because I won't do anything. If I want to sleep in, I'll sleep in. It's one of those things. I have. I want to be in control of those moments. Um, but your other question about the influencers out there, gosh, there's so many that I can name, right, from an influencer's point of view. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to, and not have to, but I always want to just name a few. Like, I mean, Jarek Robbins is just phenomenal. And his wife, they're just great. There's the support and just the knowledge that comes out of them is just just out of this world. And clearly then his father there, you've got Mr. Tony Robbins as well, just the greatest man there. Um, but then also there's, there, there are other people as well. Um, like, I will always say the great people there out there in industry from an influential point of view, like you've got the Les Browns, you've got so many people there in that aspect. But then I always sort of, they, they aren't, for me, they're not the only influencers out there for me. Yeah. So I would use, and this is my stepdaughter, she's 10 years old. I use her as an influencer. She's my influencer. Yeah. <laughs> she teaches me things on a daily basis. Yeah. And the things that she comes out with, like I go pick, I go to pick her up from school on a Friday. The first question she'd say to me when she asks me and when we go into the car is, so Chet, how's business? She's 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. And she's asking me, how's business? How many clients have you helped? Yeah. Um, did you got any new clients this week? She asks me those sort of questions. Okay. And I'm looking at thinking, you know, what could I, I mean, I don't, I don't ask her about, you know, I don't say to her, well, the thing I can say is how was school? What's the gossip in school? All that sort of stuff. Right. What homework do you have? Okay. And then, and then um, one evening we were speak, we were just sitting down having a conversation and she said to me, she goes, look, you know what? She goes, I'm thinking about this. I said, what are you thinking about? She goes, I want to be an astronaut someday. I said, well, yeah, let's do it. Wow. Let's do it. Yeah. And she looked at me and she's like, what do you mean? I was like, whatever we need you to do to become an astronaut, let's do it. Okay. Because I always say, when, when you have that feeling of when you're a child, you have that unstoppable feeling, that fearless feeling, right? That although you do not know what it is that is required, she doesn't, she doesn't know what's required to become an astronaut. Um, I did say you need to understand, you need to be great at maths, physics, science, etc. You need to be good at those sort of things as well, um, which happened to be, I mean, she loves maths, which, which is a bonus for me. But 
it's that feeling of when you're a child, you're fearless. You don't understand. You don't know what it is that's required to be to become one of these astronauts, for example. And I look at her, and I say, "Well, I want to have that feeling of fearlessness in whatever I do." So when you're, when, as we're growing up, I always say, when we're growing up, that fearlessness, we lose that fearlessness. So when when somebody wants to start something off, when they when they're getting older, it's like remember the time when you were a child and that feeling that you had. Get that feeling back now, and then you'll be able to do what you want to do and be unstoppable. Yeah, have that feeling, have that burning desire. Just remind yourself back then. If you don't, I'm going to remind you because every child at some point. I mean, me too, right? When I was a kid, you want to be either a fireman or you want to be a policewoman or a policewoman or something, whatever. But you just don't understand. You just don't know what's required. To be one of those, but as you're an adult, you do. But then you doubt yourself. Remove those doubts and yeah. what you want to do. Because if you want to do something and you believe in it, you can do it, right? I mean, what what a great uh, just reminder to have there with her. I mean, she she sounds like a beautiful girl. <laughs> she's awesome. Oh, every day. I mean, I can't wait to see her tomorrow. But she's she's just she's just. She's one in a million. Put it that way. <laughs> she's, the things she can't. I mean, come on. How was business? How was business doing? When she asked me that, I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's doing good. And then how many people have you helped? That's what she says, right? And I love it. And that's why I said she influences me in that sort of thing, right? Because I, I know she's going to ask me those sort of things. So that's that's an influencer there. Other people in my life, everyone around me, I would always use as an influencer. You, Matt, you influence me. Everyone, okay, I would pick up pick things out from everyone to, to, I know that they help me. And this goes back to what I said about helping one person every day. It's not just me helping one person every day. People help me. I learn. I've learned from you today. I learn from you guys all the time, right? And everyone around me, there's so many things going around that you can just take on board and just learn from and just don't stop learning. Wow. Um, so as a man who's, who's, who's experienced marriage, um, I'm getting married in about three, mm -hmm. in about three weeks. So um, touching on relationships. Wow! Yes, awesome! Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. She, she's amazing. She's um, she's she's the bubbliest person on the planet. I think um, she's an expert at being happy. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, she's very beautiful. <laughs> yes, she is. Is there a, all right? So what's one or two relationship tips that you can share? For a guy who's about to... One or two relationships. Um, right. So I would say, okay, this is speaking also from somebody who's... I've had a divorce too as well, right? And I've just remarried, okay? So I've learned top tips here. <laughs> Communication is key. Do not assume. Mm. Top two tips. Communicate. Over-communicate and never assume. Huh. Always ask the questions. All right. Yeah. Do that. Those are the top tips for me, I, I, and I would say that. And I learned a lot from that as well. You gotta, if you communicate, you're gonna be on the same page. You want to be aligned. Okay, you need to be there together. And now, with, with my wife at the moment, we are there. We talk. We were disengaged for a little while. Yeah, as in not sort of like catastrophe, marriage is gonna break down kind of thing. I mean, like there were times, and I'm not gonna blame this pandemic because I've taken all the positives out of this pandemic, which has helped me personally right i think it's for me it's been the greatest thing okay in that sense but then for um with my wife and i we were we were we were disjointed 
And we basically we had to reset. So we sat down and I was like, well, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. just being open, just communicate. As soon as we just got that out, it just, everything just came into place and it was just aligned. And that's when I was, because the assumptions started creeping in. Okay. It's like, oh, no, this is happening, X, Y, and Z. But it was all irrelevant. So it's just keep talking, keep talking. You've got to keep talking. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate with, uh, with us, man. There's just, there's nothing that gets swept under the rug ever. Yeah. It's, there's no, there's never a mask on. And it's, you know, she's high standards for, for communicating, which, um, yeah. you know, as a man, and, you know, being where I'm from, and being kind of masculine, and I think we just have a tendency to stay closed off. And, you know, yeah. and there's this thing where when, when a woman sits down and has an emotional conversation with a guy, they'll never understand how, how fuzzy and cloudy and uncomfortable and, and emotionally inexperienced man feels. And um, thanks to her, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would, I, would, I would get mad for days. I would literally be walking around with anger for days. And I wouldn't even connect why. And at at this point in my development, now I can get mad and it only takes like eight hours to figure out why I'm mad. (laughs) I'm not there yet. But, um, you know, and she she's always like, well, what are we going to talk about this? So, uh, you know, and she's give me a time. We're having this. So she's got these high standards for communication, which has really helped me grow and communicate better emotionally and obviously gets into other parts of my life as well. So I'm very fortunate in that sense. High standard. Well, there you go, right? So straight away, it's she's set that sort of practice for you to turn into a habit. Okay? <laughs> and it's already working from from days is reduced to eight hours. Okay, so we can reduce that even more. Yeah. So I'm going to hold you accountable. You're going to check in to tell me how, how that sort of reduced and give me those metrics. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That'd be a fun story. <laughs> Um, well, you know, I, I, um, I, I want a chance to share uh, my favorite book with uh, your listeners. Yeah, um, the, 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 the book that most impacted my life was, and I would say I would lean towards the younger, more, more uh, people who, who need some fundamentals. But there's a book called Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I read this book yes. This book when I was about 20 and you know when I was 20 I was dating a lot and um, you know it really helped out on that scene and then um, I got a job at, at working as a personal trainer in a hospital at a, at a relatively high level and I would have really good retention and relationships with clients really because I read this book and I was kind of you know mm. I was just connecting well with, with, with people exceptionally well for that time period and in that book you know use people's names, smile. Um, people aren't going to do something unless they want to do it. So why would they want to do it? Yeah. And then probably the most important thing in there, things have to come from such a genuine, such a sincere, such an authentic place. You, you have to really believe that everyone you're dealing with has got some experience, some knowledge, something inside them that if you get curious enough, you can pull that out. And, you know, listening more than you talk. You're going to make more friends listening yeah. for, th- for, for 10 minutes than you while talking for 10 hours. And just digging into this, those yes. fundamental principles and seeing how, and you know what, there's one story in that book that I just love sharing. It's about um, a guy named Charles Schwab. 
who uh, he was at the time he, okay. was, he was managing a factory and um this is in the 1930s and he's got these employees and they're standing under this sign and this sign says no smoking and, and they're on their break and they're sitting there smoking cigarettes under the sign that says no smoking so you're the manager your employees are behaving in this way and your goal is to change this behavior. Just obviously, you know, guys, stop doing this. It's rude. It's wrong. It's against the rules. We have an agreement. You're breaking it. You know, whatever. So if you're listening right now, I want you to think for just a second, and then I'll finish the story. But think about how. How would you get them to stop doing that? And then I want to tell you what Charles Schwab did. This was amazing. He, um, he goes and finds the nicest cigars he can possibly find. So the mm -hmm. only way to get someone to do something is to make them want to do it. And, and everyone thinks they're a great person inside. Everyone's right. You know, no one says, I'm going to be the bad person. So he gets the nicest cigars he can find. And while they're smoking in front of the sign, he walks up to him and says, guys, you know what? I appreciate the work y'all do here. When y'all are working, y'all are doing a great job. You show up on time and he highlights all the great things they're doing. I wanted to get y'all present a token of appreciation. Here are some nice cigars. And then he glances at the sign and he says, if you wouldn't mind, could you please smoke these outside? So, so now after a guy, I mean, who's going to have the audacity to continue to smoke inside under the sign after someone has just done so much for you, bent over backwards to compliment you. They've asked you, they've told you, now they're going to get you a gift. Like what kind of person is not going to, so it worked. Who would ever think of that? I just thought that was a brilliant story. No, no, yeah, of course. I mean, that's just the way of doing things. Oh, never, no way. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we um we put in a good hour ten here, and I got a lot of great. Yeah, it's been awesome. Did anything jump out? Anything you want to finish up with? I just want to, you know what. I think it's just been great just having this conversation here, sharing back and forth about our experiences and how things are going. I mean, you know, it's been awesome. This is an episode which I think is just one of the best episodes because it's nice. It was nice to share and listen to yours, for me to express mine as well. But overall, yeah, I've got nothing else to share, man. This has been awesome. And I, I hope we can do it again some other time soon. I think we might have to because I'm going to have a lot more questions. Um, I've got a, a page of notes here, and I'm probably going to replay the podcast because, you know, you, you, you're a coach with a lot of experience that sees things from a certain perspective. And, you know, a couple of things I picked up was, you know, doing more than one thing a day to help someone else. And, wow, yeah. I mean, I'm going to feel great at the end of the day if I do that. If you take nothing from this mm -hmm. podcast, that's my, I guess, first takeaway, I think, that really stuck out at me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's one thing I always say to everyone as well is, I say, just remember these things, though, that version one is better than version none. I always say that because you always want to start somewhere, okay? Don't, and avoid the whole perfection, progression, Yeah. okay? Get it out there, okay? It's like anything. You have an idea, get it out there, improve on it, okay? Because we're all down to, I mean, even in workplaces, people are working and they want to not release something because it needs to be perfect, but hold on a minute. Just you think think of the think of the consequences of not getting out there at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else get out there before you just do the same thing. Right. 
or get it out, and you don't need to sort of compete to say, well, this is the best, so I need to get it, get it at the same time, get it at the same point, right? Just think about the way Apple designed the iPhone, okay? They weren't competing in the market. They didn't care. Steve Jobs didn't care, okay? He's like, we need to get something out to a good standard and we're going to get it out. But then now look at them. Every two years, they're improving on something. And people are now buying things from them continuously. Hence why they're probably one of the most successful companies and richest companies in the world. Okay, because they just continue innovating, continuous. That's how we need to continuously do as well. There you go. There's no, there's no perfection. There's only progress. And then, uh, Absolutely. And those, yeah. same, those same people, it's not failure. It's, it's feedback. So look for, for, the, for the feedback when mm-hmm. you don't go as you expect it. Uh, those are two things that I wrote down from our coaching course. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course, it is feedback. Get feedback. Even if you're a coach, you get feedback from your clients. You can get feedback from anybody else. It's like, I mean, I have, I do some speaking opportunities from time to time, like using this Clubhouse app and things like that. If I'm moderating a room, I would ask the other people who are moderating, what did you think of the room? Can you give me some feedback on how I can improve it? I may think I may have thought the room went awesome, yeah. but for them it may need a bit of a tweak, a bit of a change. So I will always ask for feedback there as well. But I'm always asking for feedback, and I love feedback, construct, constructive criticism. Yeah, that's what we need and to improve. With that said, anybody that's listening right now, I'm sure there's going to be millions of people. Um, anybody listening, go ahead and um, shoot me or chat a message and say I like this part. Um, I'd like to see more of this. I'd like to see more of that. Give us your feedback. We yeah. can't wait to hear it. We, nothing's going to bother us. We just want to hear you know, more feedback about how you're feeling and how it influenced you. We just want to learn more about you know, your problems and how we can help. Yeah, and even feedback on, the, even feedback on this episode as well, right? Not, not the negatives. All the great stuff, obviously, right? No, seriously, on a serious note, whatever feedback it is, just like Matt said, you just got to just share it. Just, and you know, don't forget to review and subscribe. Yeah. Now, with that said, where can people find you, locate you, follow you? People can find me on all social media platforms, guys. And it's literally on on Facebook. It's not your ordinary coach. On Instagram, it's just Chet Hirani. On LinkedIn, it's Chet Hirani. On Clubhouse, it's Chet Hirani. Um, my email address, I mean, I'll be posting this same episode out. So all those details will be there as well. And Matt, send me your details as well so I can put my mind so everyone can actually see where we are in the world and what we're doing as well. So guys, just connect, connect with us. Great. great. Yeah, you, um, you can find me at that Matt love it on Instagram. You can find me at loveitcoaching.com. And um, I've got a YouTube page trainer. Love it is uh, there's some, there's some fun stuff on there. And um, yeah, my email, it's all on there. You'll see it. Cool stuff. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's been awesome. Loved every minute of it. Every second. Thanks for listening. Anything interesting in there? Did you take any notes? What's one thing you can do right now to build momentum towards your next goal? Remember, on your deathbed, most people regret the things they didn't do. Thanks for tuning in. And hey, Thanks for bringing your dreams to reality. Have a great day.